Last time on the Skip and Josh podcast. Uh, look, I, I'm I'm more than happy to face Mark Andre Fleury that I saw yesterday because he was he was the Mark Andre Fleury that you want to face because he's a little bit he's he's a little bit weird, you know, like he's gonna make all kinds of weird mistakes, and that's what we saw yesterday. So. You're listening to the Skip and Josh podcast with Skip Sherman and Josh Obadia. Okay, Skip. So before we begin, I just want you to know that this is the first episode we've done ever that the only application I have open on my computer is Audacity and nothing else, which means I'm flying blind right now. I got to tell you something. I only have one program open on my computer and it's Audacity recording the audio. That and I have no notes and yeah, but but we're not flying blind because we just watched the game, so it's fresh in our mind. We know exactly, what, I know exactly what I want to talk about. Right. I so. mean, let's let's tell the listeners the game just ended like seven minutes ago, and normally yeah. we don't record right after the game because it's past our bedtime. But I'm going to be driving <laughs> all day tomorrow, so we knew our listeners wanted an episode, and we decided to suck it up and stay up a little bit later to talk about tonight's exciting game. Well, I mean, I feel like now that we recorded after they won twice, the sample size is becoming bigger. Yeah, the sample size is becoming bigger. I think it's like our duty to keep doing this until they lose now. So we're, it's the opposite of how it was before. <laughs> so I don't really have many things to say. This is going to be a very short episode, but I have a feeling that the things I want to say are the same things you want to say. So sure. the first thing I want to say in the third period, when the Canadians were down 2-1, there were at least two situations, two instances, where a Montreal Canadiens player had a chance to shoot, but instead made a pass. And it was very frustrating. It reminded me of like the first round, where for some reason, they just don't shoot. Like when you're down a goal. Was it the Gallagher line on? Do you remember? One of them was Gallagher himself. And the other one was was Caulfield, who still doesn't shoot enough, by the way. The Gallagher line, I find, just doesn't shoot. Because those guys, and Matthew, my Matthew, by the way, Matthew's my son. I mentioned him a million times. But Matthew pointed out to me that Lekkonen, Deneau, and Gallagher, none of them have the ability to shoot more than 10 feet away from the net. So they all want to be, their comfort zone is in close. So they don't take those shots, you know? So what was your, uh, what was one of the things you wanted to mention? Well, I mean, I mentioned last episode <laughs> that... I mean, first of all, let's just be clear. Canadians had no business winning this game. <laughs> like, you know what? We didn't even say we didn't even say the score. The final <laughs> score, Montreal wins in overtime three to two. So we should probably have started with that. Yeah. I mean, they have no business winning the game for, for three three periods, even three periods plus, almost three periods, they they were completely outplayed. And even when it got down to the final five minutes and you knew the goalie was gonna come out and everything, they didn't even seem to have any pressure. And then and then, I told you, you need to be lucky better. Sometimes you need to be more lucky than good. And what did I say last time? What did I say last time? Marc-Andre Fleury is an adventure, and you just have to wait till he screws up. But boy, oh boy, did I, I did not expect him to screw up the way he did. <laughs> like, that was that was a little... That was unreal. I was, I was stunned when it happened. But thank God Josh Anderson was right there. Because if he wasn't oh. there, then there's no goal. No, absolutely. I mean, and, well, I mean, he's right there because he's bearing down on the goalie. That's why Flurry was flustered. No. Well, Flurry was behind the net. Anderson was in front of the net, so yeah. Flurry should not yeah. have been flustered. But 
The first thing I texted you, you remember Marc-Andre Fleury in the World Junior Hockey Championships where he cost Canada a gold medal because he can't handle the puck. The first thing that that my son said when that play happened is, you remember the World Juniors? I was like, of course I do, but you were three years old. Yeah, how does your son remember <laughs> so, that if he was three? He knows all the years that Canada won gold. He knows every round that players were drafted in. It's like, sometimes I wonder, like, I don't want to embarrass him because he doesn't get great marks in school. He's an average student at best. But give him any player in the NHL and he'll tell you, oh, yeah, he was drafted in the seventh round in 2005. Like, it's it's nuts. So other than the winning goal in overtime, you could say, I could say, that every goal that was scored tonight was because of a mistake that was made by someone. For example... You think so? But Suzuki and Caulfield, that was a great goal. Yes, but how did they get the? uh, How did they get? How did he get the breakaway in the first place? Well, I mean, yeah, but turnovers are something that happens, right? So a turnover is a mistake. Yeah, yeah. And of course, the first Vegas goal was a mistake by Eric Stahl. The second Vegas goal, in my opinion, was a mistake by Carey Price. Terrible. terrible. Um, Even though he played great, but you know that puck should have been stopped. And then the tying goal, of course, was a mistake by Marc Andre Fleury. Yeah, I mean, the shots were 30 to 8, Josh, after the two periods. 30 to 8. I know, I know. <laughs> the Canadian's recipe is when they score three goals, they win, right? That's the recipe. Actually, I think if they score two goals, they win, if you go back and well, all these playoff games. Maybe, but I mean, three is like the magic number. Right, right. And you, you can't, you're never going to get three when you only have eight shots. Like, that's just not going to happen. <laughs> well, they put up a stat. The, the least amount of shots that a team has taken in a playoff game and still won yeah. the game is 10. Yeah. Uh, well, they had more than that. Because actually, the Canadians actually outshot Vegas in the third period. I, I checked the stats after the, the game. And in overtime, it was 6-5. Overtime actually was the Canadians' best period. They were actually playing with a much more flow and energy, right? Like, Well, I mean, we said it last time. Once the game gets to overtime, I have total confidence in Montreal. I agree. Because because they know that the other team is not going to be able to score. Like, they have that confidence, you know? Although, usually, especially because the Canadians are only using four defensemen, usually the longer the overtime goes, the worse it is for Montreal. Yeah. And speaking of only using four defensemen, Eric Gustafson, who I completely trashed the last five episodes that we recorded, I think he's growing on me a bit. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I was hoping you well, wouldn't I mean, say look, that. He, he's he's still not good. Don't don't get me wrong. Like he's still not good, but he actually made a couple of plays today that I was like, oh, that was actually a nice play by Gustafsson. <laughs> like I, I was like a little bit surprised because he has like a skill level, right? I mean, like guys like Edmondson and Sherratt and and Weber, they're not making these great passes out of the zone. You know, they're just banging it off the boards and getting it out, right? But Gustafsson actually has some skill in him where he can make a breakout pass, you know, out of the zone and and, st- and get a transition game going, which is something the Canadians sorely lack sometimes. So actually was, I give him a passing grade tonight, let me just say. I don't know if you heard, both um, Chris Cuthbert and, and Craig Simpson both took a shot at Gustafsson tonight. I, I was really? thinking maybe they listened to our podcast last episode. <laughs> God, that's crazy. And then the last thing I wanted to say was... And this is going to sound weird, but if Jake Evans is healthy, I think I'd put him in instead of Kotkaniemi. 
I wouldn't do that. No, I would. Kakeyemi to me just looks lost out there. He just looks like he doesn't know what to do. You know, he he passes when he should shoot. He shoots when he should pass. He dumps it in when he should carry. He carries when he should dump it. Like he just doesn't know what to do. He's not playing within himself. You know. So I don't disagree with you, but I still wouldn't. I wouldn't scratch him from the lineup. I wouldn't do it. Well, I mean, they won a game, so you know the history is going to be. They're not going to change the lineup. Although, two other things I want to say. We well, didn't even I, I'm talk not about, done like, either. I got a couple. We didn't even talk about like the most important piece of news from today. Right. Is that Dominic Ducharme, the Canadian head coach, is positive for COVID, and he's not going to be on be behind the bench for the rest of this series. Hold on, is it the rest of the series, or is it just like well, until he has two negative tests? Well, I think he has to. Yeah, it technically it is two negative tests, but in but they're saying that it's ten days. He's going to be sitting. He's not going to be able to come back. By the way, I remind you. I remind you that last year in the playoffs, the Canadians head coach also missed an entire <laughs> he <had a> heart round. Attack. <laughs> yeah, I know. So look, do I think this is a big deal? No, because how many times in the two hundred twenty-four preceding episodes when we talked about coaches? It's a very overrated thing. Now, coaching is important. Look at Barry Trotz. A guy like Barry Trotz can make the Islanders into a contender, but it's not what he's doing behind the bench during the game. It's all the work that he put in during the season, in the video reviews, in the practices, all in the room in between periods, which Canes could miss out, but they still have the, the assistance. But it's getting them to play a certain way because by the time you're in the game, when the Canadians are in overtime tonight, do you think the coaches are making adjustments? You know, they're not changing strategies. Maybe they're changing the lines, which they did, actually. They did change the lines up in overtime. But, I mean, you know, it is what it is. They're going to have to play through it, you know, so. So, about five minutes into the overtime, when... Yeah. um Suzuki went down. It looked like he was tripped and they didn't call a, call a penalty. I was going to text you and say that Ugh. the only way they're going to call a penalty is if someone draws blood. And then someone drew blood and they still didn't call a penalty. Look, the only way there was a penalty being called in that overtime, if Corey Perry can't get a penalty drawn against him for getting... He, he, he had blood all over his face. I texted you that he went four rounds with Conor McGregor. <laughs> Right, like he looked I mean, like he Conor was. Conor McGregor fight. would only need about ten seconds to destroy Perry. Yeah. So look, if they're not calling that, the only well, you know what it is. I've told you so many times. The only penalty that's going to ever get called in overtime is going to be puck over the glass yeah. because the refs don't actually have to make a call, a judgment on that. It's just they're just there. They're just robots to blow the whistle. The the refs should actually leave the ice. It should just be the linesman. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> You know, it should just be the linesman, offsides, icing, puck over the glass. That's it. No rules. It's like uh, no rules, you know, new new style of, of game. No. Can I just say how like, on the, we haven't even talked about the winning goal. It was a great play by Josh Anderson to bat the puck out of the air, but the pass from Paul Byron was so nice. He undid, he undid Fleury's jockstrap when he, when he made that pass. Byron is... Such an important player. He's so underrated. He's just smart. First of all, he he's a smart player, but he's fast as hell. I mean, he's the fastest guy out there, you know, like, and he's just, he makes plays, you know? Like, you don't notice him sometimes during the game, but every now and then he just makes a crazy play, like the, like the goal he scored against the Leafs in game one. That's like superhuman, you know? So And the goal he scored yeah, against good. Vegas. Yeah, absolutely. The, that's true. The goal he scored last game, that crazy backhander, 
So looks like we really do have ourselves a series here. Yeah, I mean, listen. Vegas is going to go back in the dressing room tonight. And they're going to be like, it's it's in their head now, right? They're like, what else do we have to do to win a game? Like, what other gear can they get to? Or what other level of play can they attain to win a game? I don't think they can attain a level higher than what they did tonight, to be honest. And if that's not good enough, then that's not going to be good enough to win the series. So it's kind of psychological, I think, for them. And well, Fleury, too. I, I, I wish those 3,500 fans in the Bell Center would have cheered for Fleury every time he touched the puck. That would have been good. So, you know, I bet you there's some people in Montreal that are rooting for Vegas because they have more French Canadians on the team than Montreal does. Josh, there's psychopaths in this city. Psychopaths that root for Carey Price to play poorly so that they can prove their point from 2010 that the Canadians should not have traded Yaroslav Halak. There are still psychopaths bitter about this. Like, get over it. Yeah, no, but yeah, you're right. Well, by the way, I am a Halak fan. I like Yaroslav Halak fine. But, you know, all those Carey Price haters... That came out after every single game. I had to listen to them talking to me at barbecues, in restaurants. Everywhere I went, when we start talking about hockey, I hear people bad-mouthing Carey Price. And I always used to say, look, he's he's up and down just like every other goalie in the league. What the problem is we always held him to this higher standard, right? All those Carey Price people, and they all know who they are, are all suddenly very, very quiet or suffering some short-term memory loss. I think this is the first time that Price has 10 wins in a playoff season in his career. It is. It is. The previous most wins he had in a playoff was the year against the Rangers when they cried or took him out in game one of the conference finals. So he had eight. Right. Then right. his next, he got nine and 10 now. So Now, Price was lucky tonight as well. There were some posts. Oh, yeah. There are always... There, there always is. But you actually, you notice the Canadians made an adjustment and CBC made a good job. CBC, I shouldn't say that. Sportsnet made a good job of um, showing it. The the Vegas would park Vegas would park a guy right in front of the net, like they always do. And normally the defenseman comes to try to push him out of the way. This is actually hurting the Canadians because it's causing too much traffic in front of the net. So they basically, they, they, the Canadians defenseman was just on the side <laughs> of that guy. You want to stand in front of the net? No problem. And they were had to have an awareness to like if a rebound comes, they got to lift a stick or push him out of the way. Then, but they were trying to give Price more room, more uh, room to see because when he can see, he usually stops it. You know, like how many goals of all the goals he's let in in the playoffs? I mean, I would say definitely more than fifty percent are off of deflections. Right, and by the way, um, Pietrangelo has three of their last four goals, three of Vegas's last four goals. I think he's a main, fantastic player. Yeah, I think the Canadians maybe should just focus on him a little bit. Yeah, but like I told you last time, they really have to focus on the Vegas defensemen because they're so aggressive. They pinch in like crazy. That's why there's like this constant pressure, pressure. Like when they have possession, it's it's it, they're on, they're swarming you. You know. By the way, kudos to the Canadians uh, in whatever you call it, the the rink, the people who take care of the rink ambiance, because they had those lights on every seat, red, white, and blue lights. And when the Canadian, the players took the ice and the music started playing, it was like 
it made it look like there was 20,000 people all flashing their cameras, you know? like The in-game experience. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Thank you. All right, so I guess uh, we'll look forward to game four, right? Yes, we will. It's going to be another great game. Drive carefully tomorrow, and uh, we'll probably talk after next game, hopefully. Sounds great. Go Habs, go. Go Habs, go. Talk to you later.